This is episode 236, Should You Give an Old Relationship a New Chance, with Megan. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm recording this on Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, and I don't know what the world will be like Wednesday when this airs, but it's really, uh, for lack of a better word, interesting to watch how people in the world are responding to the coronavirus. I went to Whole Foods this morning to get my celery juice and... At 8 a.m., the lines were 20 people deep, people packed full of food. Toilet paper's gone, paper towels are gone. We moved into a new house, so I didn't actually need toilet paper and paper towels, and there was hardly any to be found. Um, I hosted, well, by the time you hear this, it will be in past tense, but hopefully that some of you joined me on Sunday, this past Sunday, for the free call I hosted on how to just deal with everything that's coming up for so many of us with this virus. If you miss that, you can access it at christinehassler.com slash group dash coaching dash replays, or just go to my website, Christine Hassler, go to store and you'll find it there. What I want to say now, and again, I don't know where people will be on Wednesdays. If you didn't listen to the call, if you weren't on me live, go back and, and grab it. It was a free, it was a free call. So you can grab it for free. And now more than ever, your attention and your attunement, not just to your immune system and not just to your hygienic habits, but to your energy is so important. And I shared this on the group coaching call and it's relevant to share again. When I got really sick last year, I got cold after cold and I had a flare up of the Epstein-Barr virus, which messed with my thyroid and I was really not well. It came after a time when I was in a lot of stress. Now, the stress was induced by some supplements that I was basically allergic to (laughs) that gave me um, anxiety and panic attacks that I'd never had before. And it was because of that stress that I got sick. I know it. I know it. And Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about this. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this. When we're in a fight or flight, heightened, stressed, fear-based state, Our body's natural response is to have cortisol go up because it's preparing for an emergency and that suppresses our immune system. And so it is imperative that you do your meditation, that you do your gratitude, that you dance, that you play, that you have fun. There are so many things being canceled right now. And I understand that, but a lot of these things that are being canceled are things that bring joy (laughs) to people and healing to people. So many personal development events have been canceled. I'm so grateful that my retreat happened before this really, really flared up in a major way. And so I want to encourage you, see people, go out with your friends, have fun. That's all part of your spiritual practice. Yes, meditating and praying is part of it, but so is living your life. That's spiritual. (laughs) Joy, fun, connectivity, all of that. Times like this, it reminds me a little bit of 9-11 in that when there's a crisis, 
people either come together or pull apart. And it's an important time to come together and to pay attention to our hygiene, not just our physical hygiene, but our energetic and spiritual hygiene as well. Paying attention to the thoughts that we think, the words that we say, the judgments we carry around, paying attention to the emotional addictions we have in terms of being a little too addicted to fear or worry or panic. And again, bringing ourselves back to higher frequencies like gratitude and love and health and well-being. And also one thing I want to say just in terms of what I went through with Epstein-Barr and getting sick and all that kind of stuff is that I saw my body's ability to heal. And one thing that Dr. Bruce Lipton said is, you know, if you've had a cold in the past, you've probably had some version of the coronavirus and you healed. And so keep that in mind and keep that at the forefront of your belief system is your body is designed to be well and it's designed to heal. And so even if you get sick, whether it's coronavirus or not, you you can heal. I got sick about two weeks ago and it was great. Like it was because I've been doing so much to work on my immune system, both with supplements and things like that, lowering stress, but also with my energetic and meditation practice, I was able to move through it very quickly. My immune system worked really well and so can yours. So keep talking to your body, talking to your immune system. And in when I talk to my immune system, I talk to other people's immune systems as well. And I just do my best to send that love and that reassurance out. Um, and I said this in the call as well. I think that times like this really bring out a lot of inner child fears. And so any of us that felt unsafe or unprotected as children or raised in fear-based homes are very, very activated right now. So be gentle with that inner child as well. So let's talk about today's episode. This is a relationship-based episode. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the day it goes out, then please join me and Steph for our group coaching call on love and relationships. No matter what your relationship status, we're going to be talking about all things love, dating, relationships, sex, marriage, commitment, all those things. Go to christinehassler.com slash coaching. It's only 20 bucks and you can join us from anywhere in the world. We'll be taking live questions, guiding you through meditation. And if you can't make it live, then you can always get the recording sent to you. It'll be a really juicy call. It's always really fun when Steph and I teach together. So join me for that, christinehassler.com slash coaching. So today's call is from a woman who was actually at my spring retreat. So it was beautiful to be able to connect with her again. And she's curious about whether she should go back to a relationship that really has ended, but kind of hasn't. They're sort of on a break. And her question is about, well, can an issue-based relationship turn into a healthy relationship? And I explain what an issue-based relationship is while I'm coaching her. And I also will break that down later in the call. So as you are listening, consider, is there someone from your past that you are considering bringing back into your life? It could be a friend or it could be a romantic relationship. Are you in an issue-based relationship, meaning that you just keep triggering the heck out of each other and you keep trying to work on the relationship, but you actually really need to go back and work on your own issues? Have you been in a relationship that's felt, oh my gosh, so great and our values aligned and we're so connected and we have so much chemistry, but it turned out that it was really more codependence than it was being super connected and having value alignment? 
And finally, are you willing to be on your own, to be quote unquote single or not in a relationship for as long as you need to be? Or are you putting timelines on yourself that are actually getting in the way of being able to see clearly what you really need in a relationship? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Megan. Before we dive in, let's talk about my sponsor for this week. And this one is for the ladies. Ladies, every month, you have the pleasure of having your period. (laughs) And let's really reframe it as a pleasure because it actually is, right? What a gift that we are the ones that get to bring life into the world. And our bodies have this beautiful rhythm, an infradian rhythm it's called, that gives us a period and all these different fluctuations and cycles. And stay tuned because I'm going to have a really cool woman, Alyssa Vitti, um, come on the podcast, come on Coach's Corner. I have it scheduled. And we're going to be talking about your flow and your cycle and how to really optimize your infradian rhythm. And one of the things that can help optimize it is using tampons, pads, and liners that don't have any crap in them. Okay. That's why I love Lola because Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. They're 100% natural and easy to feel good about. And I've actually noticed since I started using Lola products that has no mystery fibers or doubts about what's going in my body, my period has actually become better and a little lighter. So maybe TMI, but I really, really see a difference because Lola's products are 100% organic cotton, no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. You don't need any of that stuff in or around your body when your body is trying to cleanse. That's what a period is. It's a cleansing. It's a releasing. Why do you want chemicals up in there when you're really trying to purge? So check out Lola. I love that they have a full subscription model where you can customize what you get each month because we all need different things. We need different absorbency. We need different number. So you can choose your combo. Also know that Lola offers now cleansing wipes. They're safe to use anywhere on the body. They're the first biodegradable, all-natural wipe of their kind, and they're individually packaged and perfect for on the go. So here's what I would love you to do. This is for, for you and for your body. Sign up for their subscription, give it a try and get 30% off your first month subscription when you visit mylola.com and enter over it 30 when you subscribe. So go to mylola, M-Y-L-O-L-A.com and enter over it 30, 30, not typed out when you subscribe to get 30% off your first month subscription and feel good about what's going in your body. All right, now on to my coaching session with Megan. Megan, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hey, Christine. Yeah, my question today, I just got back from your spring retreat, which was so incredible, so grateful that I was able to experience that. And I brought up this question when we had a minute and I'd love to be able to dive deeper. The question is, can two people who were in probably what you would say is an issue-based relationship, can they actually heal and change their dynamic? Well, anything is possible. Yeah. Anything is possible. And 
the thing that I say, so let, let me just define issue-based relationships for people is it's when our, basically our childhood wounds are attracting us. So we tend to date our unresolved issues from our childhood. So for example, if your father was, if you're heterosexual and your father was emotionally unavailable, never gave you validation or approval, you tend to date men who maybe are charming at the beginning, but don't really give you that, that love, that safety, that security, or that emotional availability that you're looking for, but you're really super attracted to them because it's the unresolved issues that are attracting you because part of the psyche is looking for that parent that we never had. And generally the chemistry is really hot in issue-based relationships, which doesn't make sense because they're unresolved wounds from our parents a lot of the times, but I, but I think it's set up that way so that we actually go for the person and don't run in the other direction because they're often very triggering relationships that put us on our healing path. So I know, you know, what an issue-based relationship is, Megan, but I just wanted to give context for everybody listening. So back to you, what made this an issue-based relationship? Oh, I mean, it just describes it perfectly, but I will say that kind of the come from, like when we both entered the relationship, I don't think it was necessarily in a healthy space. And I'll just speak for myself that I'm the, you know, woman that has kind of gone from, you know, like a long-term relationship, but jumping from long-term relationship to the next, to the next, to the next. And, you know, I just don't think I had resolved a lot of stuff from my past relationships when I entered into this one. However, you know, when we got together, it was really fast. I mean, we got engaged after eight months. And then shit hit the fan after that. So what made it an issue based, I mean, there was a lot, there was a lot of turmoil in that first relationship, a lot of conflict, some, you know, what I felt like was like shaming. And one thing like in particular is like, he was uncomfortable with where I worked. So, I mean, through a really long story, like he kind of convinced me to like quit my job. What were some of the the actual issues that you think attracted you to him? Well, he was really stable and very affectionate, very loving, really valued family and, you know, was, was wanting a commitment, was wanting to have a family, like a lot of our values lined up. Well, let me ask you though, mm-hmm. is that really true or was that a little bit of codependence? It was probably some codependence. Yeah. Yeah. Because whenever anyone's going like that fast, because what I'm hearing in the, he didn't like where you worked is there's possessiveness and insecurity. Yeah. Which is a red flag for codependence. And so even though, and this is how we convince ourselves to go down these paths. Cause we're like, Oh my gosh, our values line up. We're in this love bubble and oxytocin's going and we're generally very attracted to these issue-based relationships. So it, it has us not quite see clearly. So he could have been saying all those things and they could have felt true for him and to you. But can you see that it was really more about needing that safety and security right away, maybe getting what he didn't get from childhood, but underneath that it was coming from an insecure place. 100%. Now I do. It took me a while to figure that out, but I, absolutely do. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm very comfortable taking, you know, my responsibility in this whole thing as well. And the whole dynamic that we, you know, created, I think now where I'm struggling is, you know, there's, there's an opportunity to, you know, reconnect again, which 
I have a lot of mixed emotions about because we have separated to do our own individual work. And, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing this from a place that feels like it's an alignment for me versus am I just repeating this old pattern? Cause I have mm-hmm. a pattern of giving men chance after chance, after chance, after chance, you know? So, and I've gotten a lot of flack, you know, even from friendships, uh, you know, around this and, you know, some people, I mean, it's caused a lot of turmoil in my life and in my relationships for people not approving of this. So mm-hmm. approving of the pattern of giving men too much slack yes. and you not being treated well. Exactly. So I remember when you stood up and I coached you at the retreat, I encourage you not to think about him and to go more towards dad and family. Yeah. How did you do with that? Oh man, (laughs) I did. There's so much that came up for me throughout the entire experience, but I will say that what really like stood out for me, I did one of the exercises in, in talking to my dad And I feel like that's been a really big piece because although my dad is a complete sweetheart and, you know, my parents are still together and I know he loves me and I know he's always loved me growing up, he grew up with boys, he had all girls. So I think he just left a lot of the parenting to my mom. So when I sort of needed time and attention from him, he kind of diverted me to my mom. So. I just can see so much of how that's now played out in my adult romantic relationships. How so? Just kind of going for men that aren't always maybe in touch with themselves and are, uh, you know, aloof or avoidant at times. Mm -hmm. This specific relationship I'm talking about isn't so much avoidant, but maybe I, I definitely think at the beginning we were both in a place of really not knowing our deeper selves. So, and I, I see so much growth in him now. And so again, I'm just trying to like really, yeah, see clearly with this whole thing. And who's instigating the reconnection and have you been in communication with him the whole time you both have been on your own healing journeys? No, we actually, we've committed to just taking like a six month break and we have, we have communicated some, not the entire time. And I'd say that, you know, he's been pretty adamant about, you know, if you called me tomorrow and said, let's get together and work this out, I'm on board. And I'm the one that's been a little more trepidatious just because, you know, I'm kind of trying to do everything right and take the right amount of time, but I still have very strong feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Describe those feelings. Mm. He gives me a really strong sense of like safety, which I know sounds kind of crazy because there were definitely really tumultuous times. And I have even dealt with some really strong like trust issues with him. But there is a very, very deep connection that I feel with him on a really deep like emotional, vulnerable level. Like I've just, I I feel like he's really fully seen me. I feel like I really fully see him. And there's something about that sort of deep connection that I just, I'm so desperate to hold on to. What has he said to you or what has he done that has made you feel seen? Um, Just, I think just the way that he, the way that he speaks to me, like specifically what he has said. Like what? 
Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of an example. It's one of those situations where it's like we can finish each other's sentences. I feel like he can literally read my mind and vice versa. And I remember him even saying once, like, I'm really going to show you, like, not just with my words, but with my actions, you know, what I'm telling you is true. I'm not because growing up, a lot of times my parents would tell us things like we're going to start going to church. Like this is what we're doing. And we're going to start on this Sunday and we're going to go for this amount of time. And it kind of wouldn't always follow through. And that's okay. That just was something that happened. But like, I kind of grew up with this like kind of feeling of like some things aren't always, you know, going to actually play out. Like you say that they will. And he's like, I'm not going to do that to you. Like I'm happy. Has he followed through? Because yeah. its words and actions match. Yes, they Great. didn't always in the past, but they are now. So yes. And what kind of work has he been doing? So he's hired his own coach for the year, actually, and he has a therapist as well. We mm-hmm. tried to go, like after we split, got back together for a time period, and we tried to go to couples counseling together, and it just—it it was just like we just kept hitting the same rock or the same yeah block every single time so what was that block it was trust at the bottom of everything was trust and yeah 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 well the thing that I always say about issue-based relationships is they can work out but two people have to go separately and do their own healing it, couples counseling generally doesn't work. Wow. Um, yeah, because you just, you're not, you're trying to work on the relationship. It's like trying to decorate the house when the pipes are broken. <laughs> yeah. You've yeah. got to deal with the leak. Otherwise you're just putting drapes over, you know, bad pipes. So not that you drape your pipes, but you get the yeah. metaphor. So all of this is sounding promising. The thing that is raising a little inner bell inside of me Mm-hmm. is that you've now asked me about this not once, but twice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that was a, that's been a big, another pattern of mine that I thought I was breaking, but I think I'm playing it out right now is that, you know, I would always kind of like run to others to ask their opinion, their insight. And so I've really been trying to go within and make these, you know, really big decisions on my own, but there's still this part of me that is desperately wanting, you know, someone to tell me it's okay. Right. Or to give me the quote unquote answer. So when you go inside, Megan, when you go inside and really ask your inner wisdom, what is the answer that's revealed? Well, I've gotten, I've gotten mixed messages in the past. It was like, this isn't the right thing for you. And then you kind of fast forward to now, it's been back and forth. So right now, if I say, what is the best thing for me? The first thing that comes to my mind is that like this, this chapter isn't over. So I think that's why I'm struggling so much. How long of a break have you had from him? About four, four or five months. Not long. No, not long. Well, how about this? I'll tell you what I'd do if it were me. Okay. And I'm not saying this is right for you. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this is what I would do. And I want you to see how you feel when I say this. Okay. If it were me, I would say to him, I have feelings for you. I'm confused 
by some of these feelings. I really love and appreciate that you've hired a coach for a year. You're four months in. I'd love to see where we both are at in another eight months when you're complete with your coaching. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's, I think that sounds really good. And I'll just be honest that that's like the logical side of me knows that that's what should happen. We, we said six months, even a year I know is probably better. And then there's this other side of me that's like, but you're getting older and you know, it's more time. I've got that whole like timeline thing that I tell myself. Yeah. Or you could get back into this now when both of you aren't ready yet. And then you're wasting more time and blocking someone else. that's possibly a better partner. Yeah. So again, I, I'm not the all knowing, I'm just really listening and tuning into you and aware that you just did some deep work Yeah, that you're still in some of these patterns. Yeah. And that, when see the the thing that can happen is people start doing their work and maybe he's new to a lot of this and they start having a lot of awareness mm-hmm. and making promises and saying all the right things and doing the right things and then the next layer comes up yeah and that's where in a relationship it can get really wobbly because then not only the, is the person trying to deal with their own healing, but now they're trying to manage the relationship. And if he's only three or four months into his deeper work, then he's just like on the first layer. Yeah, I would say it's definitely deeper now, but he spent the past year before that he was going to counseling. But I really, and like he has great self-awareness, but it's like, now I feel like it's like really into the deeper, deeper stuff. It's not brand new, but yes, mm-hmm. it's definitely the beginning of like the way deeper. The deeper stuff. layers. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. the stuff really is activated. Yeah. So in honor of him and in honor of you, mm-hmm. again, if it were me, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you what I would do. Yeah. I would give it more space for both of you. And now that said, Megan, any relationship has issues. Yeah. Steph and I have moments where both of our stuff is triggered, but we came together at a time when many, many, many deep layers were uncovered mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we know how to work on the relationship, our own triggers as well. But the, we're at the stage now where we can really work on the relationship where our own inner triggers aren't preventing us from working on the relationship. Mm. And my concern is that given both of your history and the inner triggers that have happened, your own personal stuff could keep, getting come, could keep coming up before both of you really have the embodied experience of being able to navigate it on your own so you then can work on the relationship. That's such an excellent point because that's exactly why I feel like we couldn't make it work the time that we tried mm-hmm. because we're still operating in our own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And often we have a deep connection with someone that is a soulmate, but isn't necessarily a side-by-side partner forever. We don't know how this is going to play out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, this connection to him, it's gotten you into some deeper places inside yourself. He's been a massive, massive teacher. And so 
you'll always love him for that. Yeah. And again, I hand it back because I really, you know, since trust is an issue, I really want you to trust yourself. Yeah. And your your own inner knowing and you know, advice from others, how we can take that and internalize it is to think about everything people have told us and, and one by one, maybe write it down in a piece of paper mm-hmm. and step on that piece of paper and be like, how does this feel? Yeah. How does this feel? And write down your own ideas too, and eventually get to the truth. But just to, to come back to the, like, I'm wasting time. I'm running out of time. I would just take that conversation completely out of the equation because time is just an illusion anyway. Yeah. And that pressure of time can make us make decisions that aren't in our highest good because we're seeing more short-term fear base than we really are what's truly for the highest good. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm really grateful. It's like, I know that that's true, but it's really nice to just like hear it. Yeah. 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 So do the thing that feels like the most relief to you. And one thing I always come back to is really, if it's for the highest good for it to work out with someone, it it does in whatever way, Mm -hmm. especially if two people are on a consciousness path. And I can think of so many people that I really thought were somebody I wanted to, you know, continue dating or possibly more, you know, I get super excited and think, Oh my gosh, that's it. And then it wouldn't happen for whatever reason. And I just would have to remind myself and reassure myself if it's meant to come back around, it will. And if it is not meant to be, then it's ending for that reason. And now that I see the person I'm with, I really understand why it didn't work out with anyone else before that. But if I had moved from fear and from timing and, you know, age and all those kinds of things, I probably would have, for lack of a better word, settled or made something or forced something to work that really wasn't for the highest or wasted years trying to make something work that ultimately wasn't going to. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not something I want to do for sure. Yeah. So it comes back to that inner wisdom. It comes back to both listening to that little girl and listening to that wise woman inside of you and really praying for what's truly for the highest good of all concerned. And that's, that's the place I would make the choice from. You know, it's so interesting that you say that I've been, I've actually been even doing that, um, inner child, like journaling for 40 days that you've suggested on your podcast, which has been so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Would you mind just sharing a little more about you were, you also had told me about how it's about getting into our like healthy masculine and yeah. into that piece. Like what, do, what would be some like ways that I could do that? So a physical way that I do that to generate the emotional feeling is I will go stand against the wall with my feet, like maybe a foot or two in front of it, my back really supported and my knees bent. Mm -hmm. And I will like rub my back against the wall and feel my soul, the back of my solar plexus. So as you learn the third chakra, because we talked, learned about chakras at the retreat and feel myself supported Mm -hmm. and feel myself held and use that physical representation to start to feel that safety and support to generate it and then internalize that mm-hmm. and, and imagine that is the divine masculine holding me. It has my back. I'm supported. I'm not going to fall backwards. I'm safe. 
I love that. Love it's, that. It's those kinds of things. It's also keeping our word with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like one thing you said was missing from your parents, and we really want the masculine to lead that. You know, that showing up when you're supposed to show up, keeping our word, integrity, plans. A lot of that is very masculine energy. So keeping your commitments with yourself, not breaking your word, like really renegotiating agreements that you break and and showing up for yourself in that way. That's another way that the masculine takes care of us. It's just basically safety and security concerns and also presence. Mm-hmm. So whereas the feminine is like this very nurturing, loving, soothing, the masculine is like this tree and it's rooted and it says, whatever you have, I can take it. I got you. Show me everything. Mm-hmm. And it's that place of presence, especially when we go into any kind of release work that says, you know what, like I'm here for you for as long as it takes. It's that ability to be present and just hold. Yeah. Love that. It's beautiful. It's really, really good. So you can do that, you know, especially if you decide that you're going to put this on pause for a little longer Mm -hmm. and really work on this inner relationship because the more you trust yourself, the less you'll project that on him. Yeah, totally. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, totally agree. (sighs) So let me know what you decide. I will. I'll definitely let you know. Thank you so much, Christine. This is really, really helpful. Yeah. Or let me rephrase it. Let me know what you choose. Choose is often a lighter and more empowering word than decide. So whatever you choose is not wrong. And just make sure you're really making the choice from that healthy, wise woman place, not the wounded little girl, scarcity, fear-based place. Yeah. I'm going to keep that promise to myself and I will, yes, definitely let you know what I choose. All right. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Christine. Thank you to Megan for your honesty, your vulnerability. I always love when people come to retreats or do work with me because they're even easier to coach. (laughs) And Megan was just so open and willing and willing to see her end and willing to see her patterns. And it was just really, really awesome. So I talked about issue-based relationships a little bit in the call. I made up this term issue-based relationships. So the five relationships that I have seen are issue-based journey mate relationships, which I talked about on a previous episode. So you can go back and check that out compatibility, fantasy, and side-by-side partnership. And eventually I'll do a coach's corner on all five. I will do that because a lot of you are curious about what these are, but I made them up because I've had them and it's what I've seen. And not every relationship is meant to last forever or should last forever. And different relationships come for different reasons and teach us different things. So when we know what a relationship is, then it's a little bit easier to deal with. And in Megan's case, she realized that this relationship was an issue-based relationship and that their sort of triggering issues were compatible. So they both had some codependence going on. They both had some unresolved wounds going on. I didn't need her to go into much detail about the negative parts of the relationship or the ways in which she didn't treat her very well. I can kind of guess what they are. Irrelevant details. I got the gist of it in that 
from my perspective, he was projecting a lot of his unresolved issues and pain onto her. And she was responding with her unhealthy coping patterns. And that's often what an issue-based relationship is. It's like one person vomits all over the other, and the other person even either vomits back or just cleans up the vomit and pretends everything's okay and lets it keep happening. And people just keep triggering and triggering and playing out patterns and so on and so forth. And what I have seen with an issue-based relationship is that when couples go to coupleless counseling, it doesn't really work because they keep trying to work on the relationship, but they really need to work on their own issues. It's like two people that speak totally different languages and you're trying to teach them together, even though they speak different languages, how to speak a third language. So imagine one person speaks Greek, one person speaks Italian, and then you're trying to keep teach them English. It's like, no, 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 no. You've got to like work with the Greek person on how to learn English separately from the Italian person on how to learn English because otherwise it's just too confusing. And then once each becomes fluent in English, then they can speak English to each other. So that's why I recommend that in issue-based relationships, people take a break and separate, work on themselves and then reevaluate. And by then you might go, you know what, that was a learning relationship. This isn't what I want. Or you might come back together and I know Megan really wanted clarity and wanted an answer. And I also love that she called out that she tends to run to other people for opinions and advice. And she was able to realize that she was doing that a little bit here. And I kept directing her back to her own wisdom, but in service to her, I just flat out told her what I would do. And that's exactly what I would do if I was in her shoes. I would let it go a year, throw timelines out the window because you got to think, long-term rather than short-term. And the short-term, they've only been apart three, four months, is let's just get back together and work on it. He's saying all the right things. I just went to this amazing retreat. We're both in this kind of love bubble. But more stuff is going to come up. That's the healing journey. You, you kind of peel back the deep, deep layer, and then there's another layer and another layer. And it's not endless. As, as you sort of... I, I, like to use the image of an onion because it's so good. So when you peel back that first layer of the onion, it's it's a thick layer, right? Because the, there's more circumference to the onion. But when you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, there's less peeling back you have to do. But they're still sort of on the first layers. And I have a feeling that he's kind of in that personal transformation, deep work high, even though he's done therapy, he's really going deeper. And that's the place he's coming from. And I also, my my inner alarm went off when I heard all the not necessarily love bombing, but all the value alignment and I want a family and I want the relationship and all the right things right away. And then there was trust issues that came up. So to me, that was, that's textbook codependent behavior. Someone's just like all in and committal and wants to be with you. But then the second they feel insecure in the relationship, oh boy, it's like, woo, all kinds of stuff comes up. So that's why my advice was take some more time, give him some more time, and take some more time. Forget your timeline and just take some more time. Continue doing your work and allow him to do his. So some takeaways for you. Relationships are always, whether it's a friendship, a work, or a romantic relationship, relationships always are learning opportunities. So really think about what people in your life are triggering inside of you. Are they mirroring a behavior from someone in your past that has hurt you? or that you didn't get what you needed. Cause there's two ways people trigger us. Either they're mirroring a triggering person. Like let's say 
mom was super critical of you and you have a friend or a boss who's super critical that's very triggering and hurtful. Well, it's triggering that unresolved mommy wound. So that's one way. And then the other way people trigger us is when they're mirroring parts of ourselves back to us. So let's say that there's a part of you that's a little selfish because you're self-protective and you're really triggered by someone who is a little selfish with their own emotions or with their own time or whatever. And you're like, oh, why is that person making room for me? Well, it may be a mirror back. These are just examples, but you get the, the two places. So look at your triggering relationships to people that annoy you, triggering things that have happened and go, all right, what is this reflecting back to me? Second, if you're in an issue-based relationship and you're just not making headway and you're trying to go to couples counseling, I would just, again, this is just, I'm not God. This is just my opinion based on a lot of personal and professional experience. Take a break, work separately for a year (laughs) and then come back together and see where you are. That would be my recommendation. And then next, you can probably guess this one. What's the most important relationship you have? You guessed it, the one with yourself. So evaluate what kind of partner are you being to yourself? How are you showing up for yourself? Where's your self-love? Where's your integrity? Where's keeping your word with yourself? All of that really will help attract and maintain a healthy relationship. I, I see it all the time. Steph and I have a harder time when individually we're not being good to ourselves. You know, I lost my... <laughs> If those of you who follow me on Instagram know that I have, um, I'm doing some jaw treatment and I lost my orthotic. That's a very expensive mouthpiece orthotic for my jaw on the airplane. And I was really, really, really mad at myself. And did I get a little more short with Steph? Yeah, I did because I was mad at me. And so when we want a healthy relationship, we have to realize that it's not going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns all the time. Every relationship has tension and triggers and it's another opportunity to grow. And that our own relationship with ourselves really impacts how our external relationship looks. So keep working on that self-care, working on that self-love. And again, if you're hearing this the day it comes out, March 18th, join me, christinehassler.com slash group for a live group call that Steph and I are going to be co-hosting on love and relationships. And if you aren't listening live, it's no problem. Just go to christinehassler.com slash group coaching replays, and you can access it there. All right, everybody. Love you so much. Sending you lots of blessings for your health, well-being, and peace of mind. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.